six-pack double feature presents Pick 6, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love, plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. So, uh, regrettably, we, we've not been back here for a minute. It's been I think we recorded in, like, February, March. Was it? Was it yeah, it was and a we air, 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 well, And when you hear this, everybody has already heard the... Um, Oh, brother, where art thou? Raising Arizona. Sure. And that we recorded a year before we dropped it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we kind of screwed around with our release schedules. Yeah. We should just go back to periodically or maybe do seasons. I don't know. We should talk about it later. I, I regrettably, I've forgotten how to do this almost. <laughs> uh, and we were standing in the kitchen talking, and I already opened my beer. Uh, so I don't have that. Yeah, fun. that was lame. Hold on. I just wanted a beer. That was a good one. Yeah. What is that? It's uh, Narragansett uh, Dell's Shandy. Mm. It's a seasonal during the summer that they push out. They have uh, seasonal stuff that they'll can and, and send out, but yeah. when you live out in Tennessee, you don't get them as often, and they run out quickly. I am having the official, unofficial beer of six-pack double feature, Narragansett Lager Beer. <laughs> And I realize we're doing this out of order. This is Six Pack Double Feature. It's Pick Six. I'm not Nathan. And I'm not Travis. And please forgive our rustiness. It's been a weird weekend for me. <laughs> in a good way. In a very good way. Um, expanding our, 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 our repertoire a little bit uh, in the past few episodes. Got another one coming down the pike a little bit later. Um, this year, that'll be, uh, uh, well, a couple of them that are different. But today, we're going back to the well. A little more of our, our standard fare. Our standard fare of pick sixes, which typically are, right, normally involve movies. And as I, I thought this would be an easy one to write. <laughs> no, it was not for it, me either. Because I sat down and I'm like, what? we're doing B-movies today. Yeah. Dang. And um, originally, back in the day, a B-movie was, you would go, there was no TV or there was limited TV. You would go to the theater on a Saturday and you would say, watch the big fucking movie that you wanted to see after that was another movie of usually lesser quality <laughs> what was left over possibly of the budget yeah what the, was used um, to make the b movie and and look i'll be honest with you m- most of the movies that i probably have listed on here are there's a couple that are going to be b movies legit and then most of them just have that sense of a B movie. I that's kind of what I did because there's a lot of B movies I've never seen, and they were huge in the fifties and a, a lot of times B movies in the fifties and sixties. They were either like a horror movie or a sci-fi movie or a mix of both, maybe a detective story. Um, and I've got a couple of those in here. They're more modern. Okay, here's a great guy that a, a classic case of B movies. Uh, Roger Corman. Corman. Almost yeah. everything he does is a B movie. Always profitable. Yeah. Least, yeah. Um, so as I was sitting down to write this, and I was like, well, uh, this choice isn't really – this is a bigger movie than to come to, – than to be quote-unquote a B movie. But yeah. to me, it's a bigger movie, but it gets forgotten. Yeah. So it's almost like an also-ran. So that's kind of what I did here. I kind of stretched the truth on it a little that's bit. That's okay, because mine are, are – I have two legit B movies on here, and then the rest are – And I cannot wait to talk about like, my first one because we're reviewing it in a strange sense. We're actually reviewing it. Uh, proper later this season. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, clearly, 
we had not made that decision when this was <laughs> this list was written. So, well, I'm um, curious now. Without further ado, Nathan, as always, coin toss is yours. What is your number six? My number six is the man. No, excuse me, the man, the last man on Earth, 1964, with uh, Vincent Price. Is that the original I Am Legend? That is the original first adaptation of okay. I Am Legend. Okay. It's actually uh, Richard Matheson's uh, Richard Matheson is I Am Legend, and he actually felt that this was the closest adaptation to his book. Really? Yeah. Okay. And typically, back then, they usually were relatively close, those types of adaptations. So, were, what's it called? Last Man on Earth? The Last Man on Earth. And then Charlton Heston was the Omega the Man? The Omega Man, and then... I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Wasn't there another there one? There may have been, but okay. I don't know. Sorry. Um I went with this one because it was one of the number one. It was one of the first movies I ever remember seeing um, Vincent Price in, where he was playing a good guy. Sure, yeah. But what was? It's one of the few films that I ever saw him as a, a as a good guy. But you get this great voiceover narration of Price as he's trying to survive on a daily basis, killing and disposing of these undead during the day, and then hold up at his place at night. Defending his homestead, trying to stay alive, yep. and I was like, "Man, this you know." I, I, watching it, I, the the cinematography is great, and 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 the setting is awesome. And what the only downside right now is, if you want to watch it right now, it's streaming. I think on IMD, IMDb TV, which I think is now called like Freevee or something. But either way, but it's the only it's the colorized version. Not mm-hmm. as awesome as the black and white. Yeah, those are weird. Uh, those are very weird, uh, <clears throat> but. I was looking at it. I'm like, man, the the production quality is really good, and I was can't it, believe it wasn't a Corman, was it? It was not. Okay, not the not anything that I could see. It wasn't a Corman. But what was fun about watching it is like, I can't believe they got all these areas cleared out completely, and then I realized that they shot it in like Italy. Ah. <laughs> and then when I rewatched it, the uh, like probably a month or two ago, I saw the cars that were there. I'm like, oh yeah, those what's are, the pacing like? It's not bad. It's about an hour and a half. As we record this, the uh, new season of The Last Drive-In is in its second week. And thus far, Joe Bob's been showing some old-ass fucking movies. Uh-huh. And it's fucking... He's great, as always. Movies uh, feel a little long-winded well, the first one, the, the pacing. First, no, the first one he did was the original Night of the Living Dead, which is... Watching the black and white of this is very much in the same... Spectrum of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, just the last note that I have. Black and white doesn't bother me at all. It's just that that sixties pacing. And if you're a lot of times back in the day, the soundtrack, the score was bad. And the <laughs> Night of the Living Dead score, Brock, back me up. Fucking wretched. What's um, <laughs> what's so funny about it is because it's such an iconic and I almost seminal picked, horror movie. Yeah, and, and I almost picked that one in here, and I was just like, eh, it is, but it isn't a B movie. In regards to the budget level, I yeah. almost thought about yeah. it, but I decided to go with a little bit different. It was a few years before this. Vincent Price hit, is, so. he was king of the B movies. Absolutely. Was, yeah. Legend. I am. So, yeah. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't had enough to drink yet. Sorry. It's okay. Not. As you were talking, I read over my comments here on Deep Blue Sea, and they do not mirror my notes for later in the season when we talk about it in depth. No pun intended. Um, I clearly hadn't rewatched Deep Blue Sea in a while uh, when I wrote it down as a B movie. Um, perhaps I was in a weird mood when I watched it for uh, our in depth conversation, which will happen again later this year. But I said here, and now I don't agree with it. <laughs> um, 
of all the Jaws ripoffs, this one's this is one of my two favorites, and this is how I know we hadn't decided on the other pairing because I said we're going to talk about the other of my favorite Jaws ripoffs later this season, uh, which is Tremors. Not to give you guys a spoiler, but we're later on we're going to pair Deep Blue Sea and Tremors. Mind you. Ladies and gentlemen, that we're recording that episode later today, today yeah. but you won't hear it for probably a couple of months. So keen-eared listeners, take note of <laughs> – I'll read you my notes verbatim, but it's – I do – there's some things I like about Deep Blue Sea. I like the – I like it. It's a little more sci-fi. Um, I think it took itself a little too seriously at oh. the time. <laughs> and there's some – I'll put a pin in that. We'll talk about that yeah. later. <laughs> there's some good kills. Um it's a, that, it's a, yeah, it's definitely not a B movie, but it, it represents itself like a B movie. Now, today, it would play as a B movie. Absolutely. And, um, and that's kind of how I started with it. Cause, I, I, I agree in that. And again, spec. I'll give it, the, I'll give it the, I'll give it the grain of sand that I might have been in a weird mood. Here's the thing, gang. Okay. Thursday night, I tripped mushrooms. So yesterday morning, when I watched Deep Blue Sea to take notes for it, I was a little, I felt great. I just had a weird hangover going, so it might have. The last thing I wanted to do was watch Deep Blue Sea, and it might have reflected in my notes. However, that said, here's here's my stay tuned. Here are my notes. Yeah, stay tuned for later in the season. But here are my notes verbatim that I wrote months ago uh, on Deep Blue Sea. <clears throat> of all the ripoffs of Jaws, this is one of my two favorites. We're slated to talk about the other one later this year. I rented this gym from Dave's video. Not true. Uh, and while I love the sci-fi tie-in, I think this movie took itself too seriously at the time. But it does, ha- but but it does its job well. Good tension, good deaths, good action. A parrot. I have rebuttals to all of that later this year. So that said, Deep Blue Sea. That's my number six. We'll see you guys. Put a pen in it. We'll we'll talk deeper later. <laughs> What's your number five? <laughs> My number five is the Joe Dante Jaws ripoff classic Piranha. Ah, yes. Nineteen seventy-eight. Talk about a movie that takes itself too seriously. <laughs> uh thank God for Roger Corman. You know, like we said, he's the prolific B movie producer director who gave <clears throat> first chances to so many young filmmakers. Dude, run the list. You got it. I guess they're really not young anymore. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But at the time they were. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Ron Howard, Martin Scorsese, Jonathan Demme. Oh, yes. Peter Bogdanovich, Joe Dante, John Sayles, and James Cameron are the biggest names that kind of came from the, the the Corman movement of the 60s and 70s. I don't know who John they, Sayles is. You don't either. Okay, cool. <laughs> I could give you two or three movies. What's his biggest movie? Uh, Eight Men Out. Oh, yeah. And he did uh, Lone Star, mid mid nineties. Matthew McConaughey. He's sequel to Spaceballs. Yes, that's it. Cool. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, I chose Piranha because it's the it's the Dante directed. It's kind of towards the back end of the B movies because tail end of it. Yeah, the tail end of it. Um, it's an action-filled creature feature. It's an environmentalist cautionary tale, and a hum and a humorous parody of Jaws. Does Dick Miller not play the mayor? I'm not sure who he plays in this. He might. It's been just long <laughs> enough that I've watched Piranha. Been about four years for me. Um, it was one of many exploitation films. Sorry, what? <laughs> I'm totally not looking at my phone right now. Shut up. 
Um, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not not paying attention. I'm getting something ready. No, no, I get it. Um, it was the one of the many exploitation films to mimic the design of Jaws with its famous the- poster. Um, with its promising, with its promise of titillating thrills, <laughs> uh, probably the only other film that I I kind of put on this list that was not that, that was literally a B movie. This played for sure as a second feature of a double feature, gotcha. more than likely. So this would be a true one of the truer B movies. Uh, but but the concept is just when thousands of hybrid piranhas are unintentionally released into a river, the race is on f- to uh, stop the flesh-eating fishes, murder a bunch of unsuspecting swimmers. At a, like a and water they, park or yeah, something. Yeah, and they make it. I believe the sound effect was an, uh, uh, a battery-powered like toothbrush. Because <laughs> I don't know what piranhas sound like in real life. I don't life. think they sound like anything. But they do. No, they sound like. <laughs> didn't you know that? So, Piranha, that's your number five. Yeah. My number five is another Roger Corman, uh, and it goes like this. That's a B-movie face. Yeah, that's called just, true B-movie fashion, true punk rock fashion. I just held my phone up in case you couldn't tell from how awesome that sounded. Uh, and then to fade it. You'd have I just, the budget. I just, yeah. And to or fade the it. time. I, to fade it, I just pulled my phone away. <laughs> and it's totally not the second time we've recorded this today. Because again, in true don't have the budget fashion, this computer is... It doesn't have the budget either. <laughs> it doesn't have the ability either as well. It's a three-pronged insult. Rock and Roll High School. It's basically a Ramones punk rock version of, like, Hard Day's Night. Right. Okay. Um, just an excuse for uh, the producers to put – try to get the Ramones in front of more people. You said it was late 70s? Yeah, 79, 78, 79. PJ okay. Sproles is in it. Okay. Um, fresh off of Halloween. So she was sort of a commodity. Love PJ Sproles. Um, whenever she does conventions, it's usually – there's a couple of things that she's known for. It's obviously Halloween, and, and this is her other – like, usually the sign that's put on her. You mean PJ Souls? PJ Souls. Yeah, I always say Sproles. Sorry, PJ, if you're listening. Um, you've seen Chopping Mall, right? Yes. The bald dude and the sort of – Is that on your list? Strong, it can be. I love Chopping Mall. It's another Roger Corman. It's a new world. Uh, anyway, the dude and the woman at the beginning scene sitting in the mall watching the presentation on the the bots, the kill bots, um, respectively, are the gym teacher and the principal. She plays the principal in Rock and Roll High School. Okay. Uh, Clint Howard is in this, too, as sort of a smarmy, like, manager-ish guy. Um, plays a guy named uh, Eagle Bauer. He's very, he's very Clint Howard, you know. <laughs> he, he's got a lane. Yeah. It's freshly paved. It's a nice lane. It is. It's luxurious. Uh, Paid by his brother. (laughs) You know, a bit. (laughs) You know. I'm not going to shit on Clint Howard. Uh, I'm not going to shit on It is like the bike lane, but it is paved. (laughs) It's a nice bike lane. It is. (laughs) Uh, The fucking soundtrack thumps on this fucker, too, because it's the Ramones. Um, Basically enough to put eight to ten songs on a record. Well, it's the Ramones. You could put 30 fucking Ramones songs on a record and still only be 15 minutes long. Mm. One, two, three, four. All right, that's my number five. What is your number four? El Mariachi. Ah, si, we. Mr. or Senor 
Robert Rodriguez. Yes. Um, this is definitely not – this is not a movie that was – well, no, that's wrong. This movie was designed for the Latino direct-to-video market. Okay, It's got to be pretty lucrative. Yeah, and so – he was just trying to make a film, make some money back to make something else. And so he had seven grand to spend on I this was movie. Gonna, I, I had 350 in my head. Medical testing. That's where he got a lot of his money from. Well, like, take, like these, take these boner pills? Yeah, take us... these pills. Either you're taking a placebo or... You're going to be rock hard yeah, for a week or so. Correct. Uh, he even cast one of the guys that he had, uh, that he shared in uh, his room, like one of the other beds, one of the guys that was doing the trials at the same time he was, he actually ended up casting as the main villain. Was Banderas in... He was No, in, he was not in this. Who? Okay. Was there anybody of any name? Not really. Okay. But then that's him in the sequel, right? Desperado? Yeah. Okay. He's a couple of the two guys that show up at the end. I can't remember their names. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Is this, so, is this the one where he invented the guacamole gun? No. You that's know what I think that, that might mean? Uh, pizza Dude. I called the Pizza Dude. All right. Sadly, it was not the Pizza Dude. That was a dude. false alarm. Uh, it was just Squirrel. My dog being an asshole. Um, is this the movie where he invented the guacamole gun? No, I believe he invented the guacamole gun when he did Desperado. Oh, I know okay. that's what he talked about. One of the few things that he created specifically for Desperado was the guacamole gun on his on the, uh, I think it's audio commentary. Okay. It's just fun to just listen to his process. But... <clears throat> things that he didn't have the budget for, he would just. Ah, I need a dolly, but I don't can't really dolly that shot. Oh well, my grandma's got a wheelchair, so we'll, you know, or whatever. I mean, so he just used a wheelchair here, here. for. Lay down, grandma. <laughs> yeah. You don't need this right now, do you? I will bring you the pop tart. Just give me the chair. My grandma was my cameraman. <laughs> Shaky cam. That's great. Um, I don't think I've seen El Mariachi. Uh, it's not bad. Desperado's the best of the three. Once the Upon third a Time in Mexico is, not, is not, bad. Yeah. It's bad. Part of me wants to rewatch it to see how if it's really that bad or if it was just my assumption, but Desperado is still the best. It's just the chemistry is weird. Johnny Depp is weird. In yeah, it. he's weird in that. I think what's fun, though, with El Mariachi is just seeing what he was able to do with $7,000 down in Mexico. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's fucking brilliant. I love Rodriguez. So, yeah, that's my number four. I always thought Nothing But Trouble was like an answer to the burbs. <laughs> Because it's not similar, but it's not dissimilar, mm-hmm. you know? I don't think it is, but when I was a kid, I wondered that. That's my number four. It's nothing but trouble. Um, it's just so odd. <laughs> it, it flopped when it came out, so it also it's one of those that falls into a category now where it's almost a cult movie. Uh, definitely a failed attempt. Also one of those ones where good luck trying to find it uh, anywhere. I have, it on, thing. I have it on DVD. Yeah, but wh- how old is that DVD? Oh, probably 10 or 12 years. But yeah. me, I bet no, you I don't mean it that no, way, but I mean there's a lot of movies where it's just they, it's there's, not a, there's not a desire anymore for, sure. for sure. studios to it's, push out another. It's on Amazon. Uh, bunch of copies. It's not a 4K scan or anything like that. It's uh uh, you don't want that at 4K. But you also have to pay three ninety nine, two ninety nine, or three ninety nine to uh, rent it. Yeah, and you know if you've never seen right. it or if you haven't seen it in a long time, you're probably going to fucking hate it. <laughs> it's got like the Goonies effect, what I'm now calling the Goonies effect. If you didn't see, see it, it at the right time, at a certain age, yeah, it, you're not going to dig it. Um, yeah. The only time Dan Aykroyd ever attempted to uh, write and direct a, a major movie, I fucking love it. It's because, like I said, it's like it's like a dandelion that grows through the crack in a sidewalk. It's there in spite of all good taste 
Um, based on like a, a, a very loosely based on a thing that happened to Dan Aykroyd once back in the day, he got got pulled over in some upstate New York town late at night and got taken to the judge's office like way after hours and had to have a trial where he just paid a fucking ticket that he he thought what if it what if it got weird and quasi supernatural because he's Dan Aykroyd. Uh, yeah. and the result also, uh, John Candy in drag in a wedding dress because only because Ackroyd thought it would be funny. It's not really funny. Sometimes uh, the movie's fucking sometimes great. Sometimes his instincts are good. Yeah. Um, sometimes not so much. If you Is that know like early nineties. Yeah. I think like 91, 92. Um, I've never seen that box in the video store quite a bit, but not ever really. Movie, man, I, I may have seen it, but it's been so long. I don't have much recollection. I'd let you borrow it, but you're not. I don't think you'll like it. <laughs> um, I watch it probably once a year, <laughs> but I found it. I did watch Transylvania 65,000. Uh, what'd you think of that? It was all right. I love that movie. It was all right. I love that movie. It's all right. I love that movie. Anyway, nothing but trouble. <laughs> That's my number four. What is your number three? The Blair Witch Project. Oh, I have stories. Two, specifically. <laughs> well, three. Not necessarily marketed like a B-movie, but the concept very much was kind of like a B-movie, you know? B-movie budget, for sure. Yeah, well, B- I think they spent their budget on advertising. Yeah, because they had like, I don't know, less 30 grand, I think, was for shooting was? just for the movie itself. Yeah. And so, I mean, and their cameramen were their actors because it was yep. pretty much three people. But their advertising and marketing campaign was significantly better. Than, there were like, uh, like there were History Channel documentaries about it. Like yeah, like Sci-Fi did or, so it was sci-fi. or whatever. It was but sci-fi. they did like, yep. is this shit real? Did this actually happen? I'm like, viral campaign. Man. They hooked me, dude, because yeah. I didn't know it was fake until about six months later when I was at a friend's house watching TV. <laughs> and was that your uh, the bitch was in a steak and shake commercial? commercial. <laughs> I was like. They found Heather or whatever. <laughs> what else is not real? What else have I been lied to about? But just the concept of limited locations and a film crew that goes out to film something about the Blair Witch. They get haunted and then they find the footage four or five years later yeah. and then release it. I'd like to go back and watch that again. Um, it really just helps to build that viral campaign. I like the movie, but it's been a while since I've watched it myself. And what's fun is the DVD that I bought that's now 20 plus years old. It actually has the special. From sci-fi? From the sci-fi channel or, nice. or whatever as that's well. Fucking so that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I mean, you can only really do that one time. No. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, absolutely. You, I got no, you fooled. You can't do it again. There's a, it's a straight to Amazon movie. It's called uh, The Phoenix Lights 97. And it's a, it's a, it's this another version of the Blair Witch. Um, it you should. I got fooled by that for about twenty minutes because I was like, "This is supposed to happen in 1997." That's a that RV that these guys are renting looks new. And some of the terms that they were using, like just, "Oh, you guys want to do this?" Oh, not so much. That wasn't like a thing. Not so much wasn't a thing that people said until like the mid 2000s. Interesting. That's what tipped me off. Hmm. But. Um, yeah, it's a found footage. Uh, it's, in my opinion, it's it's really good. It's down and dirty. Um, you should check it out. Um, it's about aliens and shit. What's it called again? The Phoenix Lights '97 or something okay. like that. It's like a, a straight to prime. Let's get okay. a proper fucking B movie. Um, some of the effects in it are really good too. Um, my ex girlfriend and I uh, went to see the Blair Witch Project. Like, not maybe the the day or the weekend it came out, but very soon after. And I had uh, historically. In, my, in high school, I'd gotten pulled over in this little town 
a trip from Winchester around, you know, I'm talking about farmland, uh, the town called farmland. And I got pulled over for just running a stop sign or something. So I just avoided the town and there was, you could take a couple County roads and go out and not go through the town. And I did that. And as soon as I got like off of the highway and like a mile out into the country, even further out into the country, uh, my fucking headlights went out Ugh. after seeing the Blair Witch. My ex-girlfriend's freaking the fuck out. And I'm not going to lie. I was, I mean, like, what the fuck am I going to do? And I just, I got out and I went up to the fucking front of the car and I just outbundied it. I just popped it and the lights came back on. <laughs> we just beat feet and got home. Nice. Yeah. It was funny. Ooh. But just after seeing a movie that we thought at that time was like, holy shit, that's real. Yeah, we're real stupid. Uh, not to spoil the Blair Witch for you, but uh, it's not real. That's a good pick, though. Blair Witch. Yeah. Um, there, some of their reactions were real because they were just told they were making like... A they were getting fucked with. Yeah, by the producers or directors or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of their shit was real. Or I'm sure some of that's hyped up, too. But Yeah. That's a good pick, which is not a B-movie at the time. That was a major no, fucking... but the concept itself yeah. was very B-movie-ish. I like that. Blair Witch Project, 1999. That's your number, what, three? Three. My number three, I I, I don't know if it was a... I'm pretty sure it was a bigger movie at the time. But I found it on a Sunday afternoon, and you don't really hear too many people talk about it. Right. My number three is Used Cars. It's Kurt Russell. It's kind of B-movie-ish, though. It's very... Yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a slipshod sort of plot. <laughs> It's like I think that's I don't know if it's Zemeckis. It's Zemeckis. First, his first film, but oh. it's like it's very early in his career. Yeah, it was nineteen eighty. Yeah, um, Kurt Russell, he's great in it. Everybody's great in it. Um, Garrett Graham, uh, one of my favorite character actors. Again, he's in Chopping Mall, like small part. Um, he's in one of the Child's Play movies. It's been a few years since I've watched that. Used Cars is so good. It's fucking funny. It's hilarious. It's 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 a little raunchy. Yeah, I wouldn't say nasty, but it's a little. Yeah, a little risky. Not what you're expecting. Yeah, um, it's not under the normal fare of Kurt Russell when it comes to clean movie. No, <laughs> not that Kurt Russell does just clean movies, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a little risque. You're right. Um, it is a early '80s R. <laughs> definitely. I if you don't know the plot of it, he's uh, Kurt Russell owns. Just, uh, well, he, he works at um, sort of a low rent use car lot and he's very dishonest the opening scene is him rolling back the odometer from underneath the dashboard um and the guy that owns his lot is just a good old you know just a grizzled kind of dude um and then his twin brother um owns the really nice new car lot across the road and the one brother dies and they're trying to keep it a secret so they can keep the lot and keep the interstate off ramp or on ramp from going through kind of a property war thing. yeah and then it's like i won't even say hijinks it's just like full-on dirty tricks and lies and shit there's some boobs in it it's great uh I, we both said it it's really fucking funny if you've never seen used cars take yourself do yourself a favor and take a couple hours there he is that's what i meant to say and uh and give it a watch i don't think you'll be disappointed it's very funny that and, is good and like i said i don't the reason i called it a b movie is because you don't you don't really hear about it no you don't um, especially with the uh, Kurt Russell stuff. So yeah, used cars. That's my number three. What's your number two? My number two. Have you ever seen It Follows, or have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Um, it Follows is like the movie embodiment of an urban legend coming true. Um, the 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 female lead. Um, her name is uh, Jay, 
and she's a 19-year-old college student who is pursued by a supernatural entity after a sexual encounter and must continue to have sex to avoid it. Like oh. it's transferred to her hmm. and then she's told by the person after she's had sex – the easiest way to get rid of whatever it is that was following me is to pass it on to the next person. And so the initial description sort of sounds like a porno. Yeah. <laughs> um, which also works well as the basis for most B movies. Fair. You know? Sure. And so the concept just works on so many levels. It's creepy as hell. I think, I don't know if it is now, but when I wrote this down, it was still on Netflix. It's only like an hour and 30, hour and 40 minutes. It's a good paced kind of just really creepy movie where if you haven't been able to transfer that to someone else and it's just something you wouldn't see in a normal mainstream, you would think to see in a normal mainstream no, movie. Yeah. It's a great little horror flick is pretty much what that is, which was what a lot of B movies what, were. What year did you say it was? Uh, 2015. Okay. But I would highly recommend it. It's a good little just Friday, Saturday night horror movie yeah. that you just – I want to watch something that's kind of creepy, but I don't I don't know. Is it a Netflix original or was it – No, okay. it, it was not. But the last time I looked to see where it was streaming, it was on Netflix. So that's what I would recommend. It's called It Follows. Anybody big in it? Anybody at all? Nah, none of the names that I can honestly recall. It's been a couple of years since I've watched it. But it's just – just the concept is just a novel concept of an urban legend coming true and you're just trying to pass whatever this – monster this death this presence that's following you on and trying to move past it okay <coughs> excuse me that's cool i, I kind of want to check that out but also no. th is it does it get heavy or is it kind of is it fast-paced uh so modern a, horror like if it's is it rapey i guess is what no. i'm saying if it's rapey I no don't, i don't, I don't believe like it's rapey shit, it's not that it's not that heavy okay but it is it involves high school aged students that are trying to get rid of they whatever get it down. Is. Yeah. Okay. My number two is the Frisco Kid. I might have seen that once. You really? I thought I thought Lisa had seen it a bunch. I don't know. I can't confirm nor deny that one. Harrison Ford, Gene Wilder, Gene Wilder, uh, Western, right? Yeah, Western. Uh, you're like, I love the look you give me. Like Western ish. It's, it takes place and in the old West. I'm not sure. Late 1800s, maybe it's like 1890s. Not what you would. It's not what you would typically categorize as a Western. Is what you're saying? It's I mean, just it's the, a Western the same way. It's comedy, that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's. I love it. Uh, complete fucking flop when it came out. Um. So I guess I guess more of these are more like flops that yeah fucking flop. Gene Wilder's character he is a Hasidic Jew rabbi, and he's got to go from New York to San Francisco, and he's a complete um, innocent. He doesn't he's not streetwise at all, and he hires Harrison Ford. If I'm remembering, it's been a three or four years since I've seen it. Um, he either hires Harrison Ford or Harrison Ford's character um, ends up kind of guiding him. Um, and then friendship happens, you know? It's like, he's basically a Han Solo guy. He's not as serious as gruff as Han Solo, but he's basically the same character. And, you know, kind of is fed up with Gene Wilder, like, just being a pussy and everything. But then eventually they, you know, they love each other. And it's, yeah. Um, Early 80s it came out, right? 1980. Yeah. Oh, 1980. Right okay, between... Yeah. Uh, right between... 79 um, and 81? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, like, right, <laughs> right between... Um, Right after Empire, I think. Right before Empire. Okay. Um, Harrison Ford was fucking busy. 
between 77 and like 83, 85 even. Um, he was busy for about 10 years after that, too. There's a couple actors in it that you see him and you're like, oh, hey, that guy. Um, but it's one of those. It's like the two characters. They they both come from opposite ends of the spectrum. And by the end of it, they've kind of melded. And so it's a buddy cop. Yeah. Without cops. Yeah, it's a buddy. Yeah, it's a buddy cop. Yeah, they both kind of like round some of their harder edges off. And it's a little heartwarming. And it's kind of funny. Um, and it's uh, the, the, if, you, if you go and look at the shelf of Westerns that I have, there's a couple of like ride or die Westerns, you know, there's tombstone, yeah. uh, like young legit guns, ones, unforgiven. Yeah. But then I also have a movie called the villain with Kirk Douglas and Margaret and Schwarzenegger. I have blazing saddles. I have Frisco kid. I have this really weird, and this would be a B movie for sure. It's called rustlers Rhapsody. And I didn't pick it because I've no way anybody's ever fucking heard of it. It's Tom Berenger. Uh, he plays like a white hat western. Andy Griffith. Right? Andy Griffith. Yeah, we, you've not talked about. I borrowed it. it. I just couldn't. And what the fuck is her name? To watch Mary it. Lou Henner's in it. If you guys can find Rustler's Rhapsody, it's uh, it's funny. Um, My mother in law saw it sitting there. Oh, I've seen that. That's good. I'm like, <laughs> that immediately was the first thought of, do I want to watch this? If I was oh, truly going to do, uh, if I was truly going to do Frisco Kid as a B movie, I would put it with Blazing Saddles because Gene Wilder's in both. Okay. Gene Wilder double feature western B movie is. Frisco Kid. That's kind of the other reason I chose it. That's my number two. Is the sheriff near? He is near. Yes, he's very near. That's my number two. What's your number one? My number one uh, involves Kurt Russell as well, but it's called Breakdown from 1997. I hated that fucking movie. Really? Yeah. You got to admit, though, the concept in itself, while it's a little bit more of a, not spectacle, but it's a bigger budget Film. One where they like, break, the, like his, car breaks down, and he goes around the other side, and a trucker stops and help, and then he goes back, and his wife's gone. Right. right. Okay. And and concept alone, that's a B movie. Like my car breaks down, trucker comes by to help out. They're like, no, nah, we're gonna wait here. Like I don't know who's ever gonna come other than this truck driver. My yeah. wife just goes, I'm gonna go down to the diner. I'll have a nice, nice cold iced tea while you wait here, and I'll call the tow truck or whatever. And then he finds out that. Some wires have come undone. He connects them. His car runs again fine, and then he can't find his wife. And the concept itself. Sure. I think it's – I just watched it last night because it popped up on HBO Max. And even Lisa was just like, oh, that one's okay. I like this one better. I'm like, you don't like this one? Because she likes most of Kurt Russell's stuff too. And she's like, Same. it's okay. But she's like, it's not that – I'm like, I think it's considerably who's the, better. Who's the trucker in that? He's like – J.T. Walsh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He yep. plays a great bad guy. Yeah, he's a great bad guy. He's also been dead for like 20 years or close to it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I just – I've always felt like the concept of a guy – and his a man and wife just traveling cross country. They've moved across country, and their car breaks down. Wife disappears, and he can't find her. He has no idea what's happened to her, and he's got to kind of unravel what in the fuck is going does on. Does he find her? He does. Okay, she, I just ruined it for everyone. It's okay. She dead? No. Okay. <laughs> no spoilers. She's not. Now dead. I don't have to watch it again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw that at the drive-in. Oh yeah, when it came out. That summer, yeah, I remember. I remember not digging it. I just love how it. You're not sure what in the fuck is going on. Kind of like the fugitive, a little bit. And it, it and one of those things where yeah, it's like the fugitive where you don't know exactly what's going on. Where is this going? What is going on? And I think that's what works well with this movie specifically. And so you're 
unraveling the package and the plot sure while he is at the same time yeah whether it's by stupid measures or <laughs> you not just said by he, stupid whether it's know, by stupid or not by stupid or not but that's but that's my number one is breakdown 1997 of all the gremlin ripoffs that are out there and there are many they are legion <laughs> we are legion <laughs> i think probably the funniest one the biggest one is critters never seen you've it. never seen it no, no. dude you should watch it it's fucking funny i'm sure it is I, I don't doubt it it's i'm oh man there's <laughs> there's for one scene and one scene alone i never thought about how many ripoffs of girls a lot were. ghoulies uh munchies critters um there's another one i'm missing i'm sure there is um there's a scene when it's, it's late in the movie uh what i like about what i love about critters is they subtitle their the critters the talking the, oh, no they oh, subtitle the critters okay. talking so the these two critters are out on this porch and they're they it's to the point now where everybody's got guns and they're fighting are they kind of like the raccoons from uh no they're not nearly as witty okay it's the one of the uh critters sees the mom or the wife the, the main female and he goes she's got guns and he goes so what and then she shoots the other one that says so what and he blows up and then the one that goes fuck and runs off <laughs> It's fucking hilarious, dude. Oh, man. There's at least four or five Critters sequels. And you've probably seen the famous picture of the Critter Ball. Yeah. it's. <laughs> I know of Critters. I've never watched any of Critters, but now you've intrigued me. It's – you know how, like – 80s movies were like you could take them 80s horror you could take it seriously or you could also if not were, or you could laugh at it yeah yeah critters is meant to be funny okay but also a fucking horror movie you should, it's it's fucking funny you should watch it um 80s horror in itself can kind of fall under a b movie category just on budget effects acting alone uh and i think well, again, Critters wasn't in, uh, a B movie at the time. I think it was actually fairly successful. Um, nowadays, it's a it's a B movie for me. Um, I didn't. I've never seen any of the sequels, um, and I've never seen. Uh, D. Wallace was in Critters. Yes, I thought it was D. Wallace. Okay. Yeah, that that alone. So. <laughs> <laughs> Critters is my number one. There's not a lot to it. If you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't. Unplug a spark plug. And, I mean, well, and, and you got to remember too that from 1984 to 1990, between the brilliant Gremlins and the not so brilliant Gremlins two. Let me tell you how bad. bad Gremlins two is. <clears throat> there's a lot of time between. There's a lot. Six years is a lot of time in Hollywood to come up with. Yeah. <laughs> if Gremlins two is Gremlins two is fucking garbage. It's. A real piece of shit. Here's a nice piece of shit. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> I looked him dead in the eye to say it on purpose. We had to get that in. <laughs> of anyway, all the pieces of shit. <laughs> it's the biggest. It's, it's a, the it's, biggest. It, Gremlins There's poop in here. Gremlins two is a critter ball of poop. <laughs> and it's Joe Dante's favorite. He likes it more Critters? than you. Yeah. No, he likes <laughs> I know. We I think oh. we talked about that before. Yeah. He actually really likes it because he went balls to the wall and didn't have any I think he didn't have any uh, oversight. Oversight. Yeah. Sometimes that's not so good. Critters, that's my uh that's my number one B movie. Right. I hope you guys enjoyed that list. 
We will be back next time. Not sure when next time is going to be, but uh, what what are we doing next time, Nathan? What pick six? The are we next doing? pick six that should hit most likely in a couple of weeks will be um, favorite TV characters. Cool. I went back and forth on this one. I thought, am I going to do like three that- favorite and then like three shitty, three good TV characters, three evil TV characters? It's hard. Wasn't it's, sure it's what I was going to do, yeah. and I, I sat down and and maybe one of those ones where we read oh, do more than I, one. Yeah. I think that's a I think that's a rich we're, well. We're, we're, we're kids that were raised on television we to dip a lot into television, yeah. So for sure, yeah, look for that in a few weeks. So yeah, pick six TV characters. In the meantime, gang, what you can do is go like us, rate us, share us, leave a review if you want, but uh, definitely. Definitely give us a uh, five star or a, a thumbs <laughs> We're not up. very active on our social network, so I'll give you that much. Yeah. But, yeah. Life's mm. busy. But this is free. This is free. <laughs> we, we will never go behind a paywall. Any money, we pay for it. <laughs> we will never go behind a paywall. You <laughs> right. have our guarantee on that. <laughs> uh, so uh, in the meantime, gang, the pizza dude has come as well. So we are going to hop out and have some dominoes. We will see you guys shortly for Pick 6 TV characters. In the meantime, staff the Morse. Pick 6 is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t-shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it.